What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Running and Gunning Podcast with your host, Justin Sinan. We're stoked to have you joining us today. We've got an awesome guest lined up from Southwest Michigan, Matthew Lear. Um, dude has killed an absolute giant this year and uh, overall great guy, mobile hunter. Want to get, get into a little bit of success story and, and how his season's been. I know he's been grinding in multiple states this year. And um, we're also going to get into uh, to Matthew starting a, a mobile hunting podcast himself. So without further ado, Matthew, how you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good, man. Thanks. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely, man. I was looking forward to this one. I know we talked uh, a few weeks back and it's just... Uh, been a touch and go thing and i it's uh kind of been my fault it's been busy and trying it's 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 a difficult task man uh trying to juggle guests and um hunt and you know be a dad and do all do all the life stuff that we got going on but i'm uh i'm happy you're joining us man yeah yeah no i I feel that pressure too man yeah why don't you give us a little breakdown of yourself man um introduce yourself yeah so um yeah, I'm, I'm married, father of three. I've got uh, uh, three teenagers right now. Uh, I've been hunting. Geez, I'm 46, and I started hunting when I was 21. So I'm a. I, I came into the game a little bit late. Okay. And uh, yeah, so been mobile hunting since the beginning, though. I started That's off awesome. with a climber. Yeah. Yep. And in public land too. Yeah. Yeah, man. I feel like a lot of a. Uh, uh, you know a lot of us have gotten into this kind of thing with, uh, climbers and now we've all evolved and what, uh, what's your setup you're running nowadays? I know, I believe you run a, one of our lone wolf setups, don't you? I do. Yeah. I run a 0.5 with the, uh, the minis and then, um, I saddle hunt too. So, uh, I, actually this year, I mean, I was probably 90% out of the 0.5, which was my first year doing that. I've for the last, I don't know, 15, 16 years I've hunted just out of a saddle. Um, okay. and then the reason why I went to a saddle was because back in the day, everything was so heavy, you know, and we were always mm-hmm. going back hunting public and then just going through some different, I went to some of the road shows and started looking at some of the gear and that 0.5 looks really, really nice. And I picked it up and, uh, man, I've had a hard time getting out of it now. It's been good. <laughs> Have you been running it hybrid or are you just, uh, just running it as a stand? No, I've been running it as a stand. I, you know, I, I see the guys do the hybrid thing. I I don't see the benefit of it. Um, I loved in the saddle being behind the tree, mm-hmm. but I don't care what people say. Maneuvering in a saddle, you're moving a lot more if you got to get positioned for a certain shot. If it's not set yeah. up the way that you want it to be when they you know when they come in, then you you got to swing around that tree to take that shot. And in a, a a tree stand, it literally is just a little you know a little twist of your body. And now you're set up on your weak side. You know, there is no weak side really in a, in a stand. Yeah. Um, and so I, I like it just running it normal and it's lighter. I don't have to bring all the gear with me and I run mm-hmm. a, uh, a, a rock climbing, um, you know, uh, harnessed and that's super lightweight. It's lighter than my saddle is. Um, it's been good. I like it a lot. Every once in a while the saddle makes sense, but almost, I mean, 90% of the time it's, it's the 0.5. Yeah. If you're going in blind, you're taking the 0. 0.5 now. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm in the same boat, man. I've, I've stand hunted a few times out of, out of the 0. 0.5 this year, but I don't know. I can't seem to break my mindset of wanting to set up behind the tree and yeah. 
it's just a great alternative to have for me, like whether I'm hunting a field edge or I'm hunting hardwoods or tucking into an oak that's like got a cedar in it. It's like, it's just really nice to have the option to sit in a stand or, you know, saddle mm-hmm. hunt the way I want to. Yeah. And, um, I'm kind of a, a sitter myself. So I, I really enjoy having the knee pad there. It's like yep. one less thing I got to mess with, but yeah, yeah, man. So you've been hunting multiple States this year. What's, uh, where, what's your breakdown? How many, how many States yeah. have you hit this year? Nebraska early season and then Illinois, um, Indiana, and then just a little bit of, of Michigan. Um, I had a, my plant, I'm usually an out-of-state hunter, so I haven't hunted Michigan seriously. I mean, I've, I've bounced around every once in a while, but I haven't hunted Michigan um, since probably 2007. Okay. Um, and I've just been going out of state. This year, um, I really wanted to kill it you know, mature buck in Michigan, just because I thought, okay, if I'm going to be worth my salt, then I got to do it my home, my own, my hometown or my home state. Mm-hmm. So I scouted about 200, about 200 miles this year here on a, on a piece. And, um, but my work situation changed and I really wasn't be able to get out as much as I wanted to. And so I've actually, okay. even though I've been to all these States, I've only hunted probably eight or nine times this year, which is a huge, like it, it, it's been challenging. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm sure you're scouting a ton. So, I mean, yeah, you're, you're yeah, doing it right. Yeah. Yep. yep. I mean, if you really want my opinion, like, I think I, I shoot myself in the foot sometimes by trying to think I'm going to be successful all the time versus, you know, just scouting instead of setting up. But yeah, it is what it is. I mean, I'm kind of, I've kind of been hunting more private this year just because like I picked up a a farm to myself and it was kind of nice to have like the freedom to learn the farm and gradually go into it the way I wanted to. And, and it kind of hurt me too, because I think if I would have spent some time other places, I mean, I scouted a ton, but like, I felt like that was the spot and I definitely, I had some encounters with some great deer. So, I mean, if you're, if you're hunting where there's good deer at, then I mean, it's like, can't kill them if you don't know, you know, that's how, that's kind of how it happened, but still trying, man, still getting yeah. after it in Kentucky. I kind of wish I would just go somewhere else. Cause it's kind of getting to that point. But how, so how's that been? I mean, do you, yeah. do you feel like you've been kind of behind the game or you, are you, uh, getting better with it? This, like, yeah, I'm getting better with it. This year is like a big change for me. It's I, I've heard a lot of guys and you know, I've listened to a ton of podcasts and, um, I always hear this moment when, when guys are talking, they're like, there's this moment where it just clicks and then things start to happen. And I yeah. feel like this year was that year for me. I think last year set me up for it. Actually the last five years have really set me up for it. But this year, I mean, every time I've sat, um, I've been in the game in some way, you know, not, not always on a, a, a shooter buck or something like that, but I've always had action and close to it. I know, I know I'm in the right spot when I set up, um, so Nebraska, we went there early season. Um, I was in the Bucks almost the whole time, but never really got it. I never got it done. Uh, the guy I was with, um, he got it done the first night within like 30 minutes. So it was fantastic. He shot about 130 inch um, full velvet. Um, that ended up chopping our time up a little bit. We we were dealing with that for a couple of days, and then the rest, um, I was getting closer and closer, and. Um, with work being the way that it is, I had a week off and, um, 
I hadn't seen my family. I was working crazy hours. So I actually cut the, the trip short. I, I If I would have stayed a couple more days, I think I would have got it done. Uh, every night was getting really close to the point of being able to do it, but wanted to get home and spend a little time with them. I was in full anticipation of like work easing up and then I was going to dive into hunting. So I thought, well, I'll go home now, spend time with the family, and then I'll, I'll get it. I'll have a ton of time later, but that never happened. Um, and then the next trip was Illinois. Um, that one was always going to happen. I was, I was making moves down in Illinois off of some intel I had from the, the year prior and an encounter with a buck I had the year prior. And, um, so I was waiting for, for fronts to come through and, and to make a move. Um, I got, you know, I would say I got lucky on that one. The front came through and I made a move on it and it turned out really good for me. Um, Indiana has been a struggle. Um, and that's just more around timing. I've hunted Indiana a few times and I've taken some good bucks from there, but, um, I went in, our first trip was right during the weekend, right in the middle of the rut. And we had 200 guys at every site that we went to. And that's no exaggeration. Man. When they sign in, you can see, you can see how many guys yeah. are there. So the pressure was insane and I'm still grinding it out there. I'm going back every weekend, sometimes just for a hunt, sometimes for two days at a time and mm-hmm. starting to get the pieces together. I feel like it's going to, you know, it's probably going to happen. It's getting really close. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So like the Illinois trip, that's, that's the mega, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I know you've told the story, but man, I'd really love to hear it. Um, yeah. So leading up to it, like, so did you have a close encounter with him the year before and you just yeah, kind of started to learn his core area? I mean, is that how it? Yeah. Last year, everything changed for me. So what I've been doing for, yeah, I mean, since 2008, I, it's, let me try to give you like a really quick background. So 2008 started hunting out of, out of state, did that for a few years, got, a few good bucks down. Um, and then I had to take a break. Um, you know, we just, we had some children and, uh, I started a business. And so there was like a five year period where I didn't hunt and, or excuse me, a seven year period. And then I came back five years ago and started doing the out of state thing. What I kind of prided myself on was going to a state, never scouting, just doing, you know, map scouting, and then trying to figure it out within 10 days. I'm usually like 120 inch, 125 inch guy. You know, if that walks through within that one week period that I have to hunt, then Mm -hmm. I'm going to take it down. Um, Just because I really, in a lot of these places, I don't have intel. I don't, I don't know what's out there. And yeah, that's um, a good goal. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. It's fun. It's fun. Yeah. You know, I have fun doing it. And Mm -hmm. uh, a few years ago, um, a a buddy of mine who, who is a real killer. I mean, he's, he's killed some great bucks, challenged me and just said, Hey, you know, I think you're you're underselling yourself a little bit. If you would go in and scout ahead of time and really learn a piece, I think you could do better. So two years ago, um, went to Illinois for the first time and and found a piece and put in about 100 miles there scouting it. Um, and then I, I started using trail cameras. Um, so I put down about 15 cameras there. And uh, in 2022, got a picture of, a, of the, the buck that I killed last, or this year um in july so he he came off of a cornfield moving towards the back of the property it was like a buck parade it was him and and like five other bucks oh man he ended That's up awesome. being, yeah he ended up being 204 inches the other bucks that were with him 
were 140, 150. Um, the one in the back, I couldn't get a, a close enough picture, but it was another, you know, mega with him. No um, shit. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then he ended up on the other side of the property and then consistently on one of my cameras okay. um, throughout the summer. And so a guy who, who, who never sees deer that size, I think goes, I'll never see that deer. I mean, it, it was great to see it on camera. That's, mm -hmm. I was about, was that's it, about it was as daylight, happy as I could be. I imagine. That was right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Daylight, most daylight. Of the time. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I'm thinking that's all I'm ever going to get is a picture of this buck. I'll never see that buck in, in real life. I never decided to target him until uh, October 4 of that year. I'm in Michigan climbing up in a tree and my cell cam goes off and it's four o'clock in the afternoon and he's, he's going across the, you know, his, his normal route he always takes. Um, I didn't plan on hunting Illinois that year until the rut, um, like my normal, my normal, you know, routine. And I climbed down out of the tree, called my wife, said, I'm not coming home. I had no clothes with me, just the, the camel that I had on and drove down to Illinois and um, went after him the next day. Um, and, and prior to doing that, I called a couple people. Uh, Rendell was one of them. Um, and then my, my buddy Ross and just said, here's, here's the buck that I've had on camera numerous times. Here's the layout. Um, you know, what do you guys think? And they were, you know, throwing different scenarios at me where they thought he was bedded. We knew he was bedded close because it's four o'clock in the afternoon. He's, he's walking past that camera. Right. And, and, uh, you know, based off of talking with them and, uh, just, you know, what I knew, I took a shot after him and, um, ended up, he actually was ended up bedded in a different location, really close by. But the way I set up, he, he cut my win at 50 yards. So I, I had a chance at him. I saw him. It was that encounter that opened up a lot of pieces of the puzzle, and I started putting things together. Yeah. Um, I never had a shot at him again, though, that year. He he ended up skirting that camera by about 50 yards. I I don't know if it's because he, he ran into me that day and just that, you know, like, I'm never going to go back to that spot. I don't uh – -huh. he was so consistent with it, and then after that day decided, nope, I'm, I'm not taking that cut. He, he ended up taking a, a – making a new trail actually. And it, I found that trail later on that year and started putting the pieces together, found his bed, uh, in the, in the postseason scouting. And then always had him tucked in the back of my mind that I, I was going to go after him again the next year. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. So yep. like then, I mean, this year, I mean, I imagine you, you put in even more effort, right? Like throughout the summer or what? So, so not really. So, no. so I, I had cameras, I had pictures of him, um, into February. Uh, he would pop back up every once in a while. So I knew he made it through the season. Um, but I really started pouring myself into Michigan. Um, I always planned on going after him, but yeah. I moved my cameras here cause I wanted to, I really wanted to get a mature buck here cause I've, I've, I've never done it here. Because I left and I stopped hunting, you know, Michigan. Yeah. I mean, did you kind of like think that, that that buck was just going to like you bumped him and like that was it or what? Was that like no, your I, mindset? My mindset was still in the, I think in, in that, like, it was so unrealistic to think that I would actually kill him. But I, I wanted to try. I wanted to go after yeah. him. And so yeah. my plan was, you know, cold fronts, go down there, hunt him. I was almost positive I knew where he was betting most of the time on a northwest wind. Um, and so I would just wait for that wind to wait for a front and then go down and, and 
you know, do my plan. Um, but then you still, you, th you think of the odds on a buck like that. You just don't think you're going to do it. And so I didn't want to yeah. put all my chips in on, on that one buck. Um, I wanted to open it up and, and see if I could do it here. So um, the plan was really make those moves when they happen, but then focus on Michigan. Um, and then uh, late, or excuse me, mid of October, there was a front that came through and it, the temperature dropped about 20 degrees and it was raining for two days, solid. And then it was going to stop about nine o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Um, I had a plan to hunt with, uh, some guys and we were going to go on like a small hunting trip and I called them up and said, yeah, it's not going to happen. I'm not coming down. <laughs> I got, I got different yeah. plans. I got to go down to Illinois and, um, right. went down there and, um, and went in and the rain actually didn't stop at eight o'clock in the morning. It rained all day. Um, I went in, sat back, didn't move into the spot until, um, and the wind was off. It called for a Northwest wind, which is his wind in that location. I know he beds in other locations. I had a guess on where he was betting, but it was mm -hmm. the Northwest wind that I was most confident that I could kill him on. I found a weakness yeah. and, uh, and was it, it was the way he I, cut. Was it near but, like hardwood? Was it hardwoods area or was it with, you know, without diving too deep? I'm just curious. Yeah, I don't mind talking about it. Um, okay. A lot of the the the, uh, the locals, the word's out already from the DNR agent, so that spot's kind of blown anyways. Okay. Um, but uh, so it's a ridge system. It's it's a hardwood system. It's about 1,000 acres, and then um, it's all ridges, probably about four or five different main ridges that have a bunch of, like, small ridges that run off of it. it has a okay. water bottom, a river bottom, and then there's ag around it. Um, pretty much the any yeah, you found the good ridge where he was at. Yeah, I did. So that's yeah. what it was. Um, it's the one ridge where he was at, and that's where he was comfortable. And it was the most difficult piece to get to. If you didn't access it, there's one way to access it without him either getting your wind or seeing you. Mm -hmm. um, and it was the postseason scouting the year before that helped me figure that out. Um, okay. And the fact that he, he cut my wind that, that one time I hunted him, I, I, I yeah, started just and you realizing learned. it. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's um, awesome, dude. I, I love yeah. it. That, that is killer. Yeah, it was uh, a lot keep, of fun. Continue. I, I was just trying to break that down. I just was no, I thinking in my it. head it, it was probably like hardwoods or something. Yeah. And, and to be 100% honest, again, like, you know, a guy like me doesn't think that he's going to actually really kill that buck. But strangely enough, I had... I had confidence. Like I was, I, I usually don't have this high of confidence that day. I went in. In fact, the, when I decided to go down in a weird way, I was like, I'm, I'm actually going to kill this buck this, this time. I, and that was the first time I ever felt that way. And I, I hope yeah. that doesn't sound cocky. Cause I'm, I'm really no. not a, a cocky no, person no, at man. all around this. I, I think I feel, like, everybody needs to hear it because it, it's honestly, it's the truth. It's, it's good to have that confidence and, and you're supposed to have that you know yeah yeah uh, you hear a lot of guys talk about it. it's not arrogant at all it's it, like that's the way you should be feeling when you're going to hunt um you know that you've got him figured out you're doing your thing right having that confidence is everything um yeah you know a lot of guys start making mistakes even when they're doing the right things like i've been in that tons of times where you're doing the right stuff and you lose the confidence and then it just so happens but I mean, there, there's nothing wrong with that, man. I think you are, you do discount yourself a little bit. You know, you, you're, 
you're a good hunter, obviously. I mean, if you're going deep and you're, you know, you have your wits about you about wind and thermals and stuff like that. Mm. I mean, you're, you're way ahead of a lot of people out there. I mean, it's, uh, it's unfortunate that so many guys, you know, so many people, I think, you know, out there and I, I might ruffle some feathers with this one, but maybe not our listeners, but you know, there's people that can't really do what you're doing. They can't like, they don't understand wind and thermals or, ridges and how deer bed and like you've taken your time you know mm-hmm. and you've honed your craft so you know hats off to you man it's really just listening to others you know and 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 asking questions and and not being afraid to sound stupid you know like right yeah. i've run questions yeah. by so many guys just trying to figure this stuff out and just being dedicated to it and i'm lucky enough to have a wife who really supports it and allows me to go do it but so that day um went in i I've actually got a pretty cool like a uh, video where I'm just sitting underneath the tree eating lunch. Like I, you know, I've, I've got a jet boil and I'm, I'm cooking up food and because it was just pouring rain the whole time, I sat back and just was waiting for the, for the wind to shift and then uh, for the rain to stop. And um, it starts to about midday starts to, to the rain starts to stop and then the wind starts to shift. And then I, I unfold my plan and, and how I enter that spot and go in. And what, what it is is, um, he, he, he beds up on the ridge um, and then goes off the side of the point and wraps around the ridge and then dips down into a, um, a river bottom and then up into a food plot adjacent on a, on a private piece. And he just would go, that would be his route. And then he also beds down in, in the river bottom as well. And, but it's this main little trail that he takes um, it's very faint. You can walk by and not see it. Um, and uh, so you have to go down and, and and drop down towards the bottom, but you can't get too close to the river bottom in case he's bedded down there. Another deer are bedded down there. But there's a shelf off that ridge. So if you dip down and, and get on that shelf and walk alongside the, the ridge, um, I wind mapped it a bunch of times. Um, so even on a northwest wind, the wind, the way that the wind comes through that area, it makes your wind go straight west. So if he's bedded up top, he he doesn't smell you. So you can enter that way, and then he wrap the way that he wraps around on a northwest wind. He feels confident. He thinks he's got it in his face. But when he drops down off the the ridge, um, if you're on that side of the ridge, there's no way he can smell you, and and he comes down, and uh, and so I just went over there, and and there's like one tree, um, it's wide open. Um, there's a dead tree that leans against it and you can get a little bit of cover if you go there. So I was only like 10 feet up and okay. I've got this dead tree that's leaned against the tree to give me a little bit of, of cover. And, um, I'm hunting one run. It's, it's sitting there. I felt silly actually. Once I got set up and I'm there and I'm on this one run that I know is his, um, you, it looks silly. Like if anybody walked by me, they would, they would laugh cause it's, it's kind of wide open there. He uses where he walks is there's cover, but where I'm sitting, it's wide open. Um, and it doesn't look like you're sitting on much, you know, and, right. uh, you're just setting up just for him, just for him. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, uh, so I'm sitting there and that's when the, I was confident all the way up to that moment. And I realized how silly I look sitting there. And, and again, you, you're thinking there's, there's no way this is actually going to happen, but yet in a weird way, in the back of my mind, I'm going, no, I think it might. And there was one moment um, 
I'm walking in, there's a small little itty bitty rub. And I remember saying this to myself as I was moving into that spot, because everything was working out great. I was checking my wind. It was going the way it needed to be. I wasn't busting any deer going in and I'm way in the back at this point. And I remember seeing that rub and I'm like, that's him, you know? And it, you would think it was a, a, a spike, but I'm yeah. like, that, that, that's him. Like he, he's rubbing that as, as he's walking by. And, uh, I go up, set up and, uh, sure enough, when, when he does come down, he stops on that rub. He just, yeah. he sits there he and, you know, he's not doing much with it, but he's just hitting no. it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm sitting there and, and, uh, what's really cool about this story is just kind of our community. You know, you, we're talking about this small community of mobile hunters. I got on Instagram a few years ago, looking for people who hunted like me, cause everybody who tried to hunt with me ends up hating hunting with me because, <laughs> you know, I'm going, I'm going way back. I'm, I'm pretty serious. Yeah. I, I, I don't come back and hang out the, the fire and, you know, talk for a long time. Like I'm, I'm coming back late and I'm, I'm taking a shower, going to bed and getting up early and I'm going back out, you know, I'm trying to get something done when I'm hunting. And, uh, so I, I, I got online looking for guys who, who hunted like me and, and the Instagram thing has been really cool. Cause I've met so many awesome people. And, uh, I'm talking to a guy named Vince who's, uh, is, is handles, uh, chasing public on there. And, uh, and he, he saw on my, on my story that I was down there. He said, Hey, you know, good luck. Kill a, what do you call it? A, a Illinois 11 pointer. You know, he's like laughing and, I said, yeah, I'm not feeling it right now. And because um, I started to doubt myself 30 mm -hmm. seconds after I send that, here he comes walking down the trail. And um, in that moment, I got super calm. Um, usually I get excited. I got to kind of control myself a little bit when when the buck's coming in. And I've got to talk myself down sometimes and just, you know, collect myself. But when he came in, I, I ran that scenario through my head so many times over the last, you know, two seasons that it, it felt like it was just happening the way it needed to happen. And I was super calm, um, took my time with it. And, um, I ended up shooting him at 14 yards. And, um, I remember taking my time. I, I, I shoot every single day, um, probably about 10 arrows a day, even in the winter time, I shoot in my basement. And I remember just everything coming together. Like my grip came together. I had, I had time to really like just kind of look at my level, get, make sure my bubble's there and really make sure that when I release that arrow, it's going to go the way I want it to go. And, and it did. Um, and once the arrow got released and, and I hit him and I heard him crash within 30 seconds. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And then that's when I fell apart. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I love that dude. I, and like, I can relate to so much of that. There's been, over five or six bucks that I've tried to kill specifically and I've dreamt about it. And like, it's, it's just when it comes together and you're ice cold like that, man, it, it, it I really think I call it like manifestation. Yeah. I, you know, some guys might laugh at that, but it's I a don't. real thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, 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 is. it is absolutely like it's helpful to you as a hunter. And I don't know whether it's luck or divine intervention, but it, it works, man. And, um, yeah. I'm so pumped for you, dude. That, that deer is a monarch and uh, you deserve it. You really do. I mean, it's, it's so cool to hear the story. I, yeah, mean, I, I do believe in divine intervention. I mean, I, it's i I'm a faith guy. So I, I, right before that happened, I actually had a really good moment with, uh, with God in the tree stand. And, 
and then that happened and it just kind of all came together. It was just really good. And, um, the next part was even more amazing. So, uh, I, I shoot that, I shoot him and Vince is his name that I was talking to on chasing public and, uh, no offense to Vince at all. I mean, we're, we're actually really good friends now. Um, but at that moment, like he was a guy that I scouted with one time and shot bows with one time, talked to a lot on Instagram. There's other guys who I've had, you know, lifelong relationships with who've hunted with me from way back in the day that, you know, with my head together, I might've called them first, but because I just text him, uh, I gave him a call and he goes, what'd you do? You shoot a 200 incher. And I go, yeah. I actually think yeah. I did. And he's like, yeah. no way. Him and his wife, um, who is pregnant, jump in their car and they drive five hours down to help me get that deer out. Yeah. Um, I remember reading that on your story or on the, it was the post that you had. That's awesome. Yeah. And they, they did it solely just to, he knew how, he knew, he knows how I hunt. He knows I'm a solo guy and he did it to make the situation or, or, or that event special. And they came down with cameras and, and videotaped the whole thing. Help me drag it out till four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and then, it's incredible. Uh, yeah, stayed overnight with me and then took, took pictures the next day. And, and really that was the icing on the cake that, that they did that with me. And I mean, yeah. a lot of people here, you know, I mean, I, I called people the year before and they helped me work it out. I mean, it's just a really cool community thing. It is, man. It's amazing. Um, I've made some absolutely like wonderful friends through the community. Um, mm -hmm. and, and the craziest thing is like, sometimes you only hang out with people like one time and you just hit it off because you're, you're absolutely right. Like there's only so many of us that really are like addicted to this, the way yeah. that we are, you know, in the sense. Um, and I mean, you know, this year, I think my major goal was to try to not be such a solo guy, uh, the whole season. And I really wanted to just have fun with my friends and I haven't killed a buck yet, but I can say like, my season has gone and it's exactly how I wanted it to. Um, yeah. What, you know, I haven't killed a buck. I've passed on a couple great deer. I had a, I, I whiffed an opportunity at a giant. So, you know, like I, I go into season like thinking I'm only going to get one chance at a good one. I better make it count. And, you know, if you look at history, like it's gone pretty well. Like, yeah, I, I'm due for a, a bad season, but, if you asked me, it hadn't been a bad season, man. And, and like, it's really cool to be able to go hunt and just share the hunt with, you know, your friends like that, uh, yeah. that, that you make through this community. And we, we would, you know, even talked earlier before we recorded this, like, you know, when you get into doing a podcast, like you're, you're starting to man, like just some of the people you have on and the people that you meet, like you make, whether we, we make, I haven't made a dime on this, but, um, you know, just the relationships you make are just so good. And it's like being Christians and, you know, you, yeah. it, even some of these people that you meet, maybe not go to church or anything, but they're good Christian people. And like, they have oh, yeah. the same values that we do. And, um, yeah, but without getting too deep, man, I just, just wanted to, that's no, good. Yeah. So, yeah. so what made you, you know, with, are you, finished up with that i mean i i didn't yeah, know if there was yeah. anything else you, okay no there's not much more with it yeah yeah so wanted to lead into the to your podcast um the mobile hunters dojo yeah um why don't you give us a little breakdown on that and like how you how you're starting that and how it's become 
Yeah, I think uh, so. That was a, an idea that came up about a year ago and um, been playing around with. Should I do it? Should I not do it? And then um, I think the community, the community thing that I found in Instagram really started pushing me to like, yeah, let's get it done because I love talking. I love talking with guys who are like minded. Um, I love the community that that is being built there. Um, you know, I've hunted alone for a lot of years. I mean, I would go and hunt 10 days by myself and not talk to a human being. And now uh, I find it hard to actually want to do that again. You know, like I'm usually I mean, last weekend I put on Instagram, hey, I'm going down to Indiana. Anybody want to join me? Just hit me up on the DM. Let's go. Because um, it's been fun meeting people and talking deer with people. Um, mm-hmm. So that was really the big motivation on it. The other part, too, was uh, I knew, I know how complicated I made killing deer in my own head. You know, when when you're not killing big bucks or, or good bucks, um, I think you're, you're watching everybody else do it, you think, you know, because of social media a little bit, because of the podcast. And, um, and I'm, I was listening to real high level guys, you know, break down killing these, these huge mature bucks. Um, it, and at times I, it kind of tripped me up a little bit. So I was really interested in, in creating something and I think other people have, so I don't think I'm being original but I wanted to be a part of it, creating something that um, is a little bit like training, something, little tidbits that people can take out to the woods and just level up their game at any level, right? Like, so, you know, putting out stuff out there for guys who don't have that that buck on the wall yet, and, and they want to do that, but also having that high-level conversation with guys who who really know how to get it done year after year on on big bucks, but just having a variety of, of those type of conversations, um, I, I just wanted to be a part of it and not that I would actually give the uh, information. Cause I, there's a little tagline I'm thinking about putting on my, on uh, my podcast when I start is that like I'm the, I'm the white belt uh, sensei, you know, like <laughs> I'm about white belt level, you know, you don't want to really get too much information from me, but we're going to have some black belts <laughs> on there and uh, have them help us, you know, get better. Um, so You're yeah, definitely a- at least a brown belt. Come on, man. I, and maybe, you know, getting up there a little bit, but yeah. You killed a 200 uh, incher. Come on. Uh, come on now. Yeah. I don't, I'm, it, it doesn't, uh, doesn't feel real. I, does it? I, no, it doesn't. It doesn't yeah. still, it doesn't feel real. Yep. I, I'm, I'm still waiting, man. Um, it was funny. The wife and I, we were talking like, so I moved from, I don't know if you know this or not, but I moved from Maryland to, uh, Kentucky. Yeah. Kind of in in pursuit to get away from the rat race and, you know, get into bigger caliber deer and stuff. And, uh, it was, uh, kind of interesting now that we live here. I'm like, shit, I should have moved to Iowa. Like, <laughs> cause it's, it's tough, man. It, you know, it like, you know, yeah. from hunting Indiana, it's like, it, you know, you're hunting in a great area where multiple giants are getting killed, but are you finding them every year? You know, and, exactly. and it's, uh, it, it, no matter how much effort you put in, it's, it's not an easy task. So no. it's, um, it's one of those things, man, but we, we wish you the best with the podcast. I think it's a great idea. I think the more, the more people that are sharing knowledge, the better. I mean, that's, that's kind of where I started this thing to try to help people, you know, um, just up their game a little bit. And, and, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think you'll do good, man. I think you got, got a good, uh, you know, goal for what you want to get done. And I think it, it's, Things will turn out good. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, it, it's a it's a daunting task. I've got a lot of respect for you guys that do it. Now that yeah. I'm trying to get it done, 
it's you'll grow to appreciate podcasts more uh starting your own i'll tell you that much because yeah i've had my fair share of headaches doing this i'm i'm just a average joe like yourself like you know like just trying to do stuff and man like not being a technology uh person it'll hurt you but um but hey i'm here for you man so i appreciate that for, for what for what it is yeah so i wanted to ask you man i mean What's, uh, you know, for, for somebody that's, you know, as you would describe yourself, you know, like, uh, and you know, a mid-level guy, you know, you're, you're not new, but you're not, you know, a veteran. Um, what's like a great piece of advice that you would like to give to maybe somebody that's newer getting into this? Yeah, I think it's to get aggressive, um, to go out there and not be afraid to, to bump a few deer and, and to, in a weird way, mess things up a little bit. Um, I think when I used to be so afraid of, of going in and I, I thought I had one chance and that was it and I was going to blow it. And so the idea was to, to make sure you don't upset the, the deer and, uh, and just kind of wait for them to come to you. And the deer that we're after, you know, if you sit back, it, it might happen every once in a while, but you can't find consistency with that. You have to get aggressive and go after them and hunt them. And that's when things started to change for me when I started to go in and, and you will in the beginning, you're going to mess it up and you're going to blow your chance and it's going to hurt. And you're going to feel that. And you're going to think, Oh man, what am I doing? But you got to learn from it. You got to think through what happened in that situation, but then you're going to go in and, and you're going to, you're going to blow things up a little bit, but it's, it's going to be the thing that actually creates the opportunity for you in some way. You're either going to grab the information and go back after them and kill them, or you're actually going to set up right then and go for it and kill them. And that's what's been happening for me for the last couple of years. I feel like if I'm, if I'm not bumping some deer somewhere, then I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm not in the game. And so I got to get in there and, and figure things out. Um, and that's been the changing for me, at least I, I, I don't know about that advice for everybody, but for me, that's been the game changer. Once I started doing that, then I started killing bucks consistently. No, I couldn't agree more, man. We, we try to preach that as much as possible here, um, to not be afraid of, you know, bumping them. And it, it is what it is. I think, you know, if you look at collectively at a lot of us that hunt this fashion, um, we're all doing that and it's. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes like it's hard and I find I catch myself like getting too comfortable. I think it's almost better to hunt bigger chunks of public because you have so much more land to do this in. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of guys um, that are hunting smaller pieces of private land, they want to uh, adapt these tactics that we're talking about. And it's just unrealistic. Yeah. Um, And you can't do it with that. So you need to have the public land to, you know, or a big chunk of land. And let's just be honest, not all of us are able to have, you know, a couple hundred acres. And, uh, you know, I remember even asking Cody, uh, the Quisto that uh, he was like, I was like, well, how would you break down a couple hundred acres? And he's like, well, that's a pretty small piece. Uh, that wouldn't take long <laughs> at all. And I'm like thinking to myself like, yeah, and that's pretty unrealistic for, a majority of guys out there to have a couple hundred acres to go hunt on, you know, and, and, and that's really what this, you know, mobile hunting, you know, comes down to is being able to have the opportunities of deer and understand where they're going to or where they're coming from or, 
you know, that kind of scenario. So that's, that's super solid, man. I mean, when, when you originally had gotten into to hunting and hunting with a climber, did you have somebody that was kind of mentoring you or did you learn all this? Like, was it all through failure that you learned, you know? No, I had a mentor. Um, I had two actually is, uh, a guy my age, his name was RJ and then his dad, um, Ron. And that's actually where, so if you look at my, um, Instagram handle, it's great white mobile hunter. Uh-huh. The, they, they gave me the nickname because the first time I went hunting with them and, had an opportunity at a deer. I I pulled my bow back, and my arrow fell off my rest, and it was sitting on on the shelf of the bow. I knew no better, and I I took the shot, and I'm like, I thought I saw this deer get hit with the arrow. I'm all pumped up. I call RJ, and he comes out, and uh, he's like, we're we're not going anywhere till we find blood. I'm like, no, she's right over here. He's like, no, 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 we're looking for blood. And we sat there for 15 minutes, couldn't find anything. And he looks up, and 20 feet up in the tree, my arrow sticking out of the tree. And when I went back and saw Ron, his dad, who was kind of like we all looked up to because he, he was actually a great hunter here in Michigan. And uh, he looked at me and said, oh, look, it's a great white hunter. You know, like just like you're, <laughs> you're, you're not a good hunter, you know. So <laughs> that name just kind of stuck with me. But those guys mentioned me and and they, you know, they hunted mainly public and, and they knew what it took to, to get back there. And they were aggressive. Um I had them in my ear, but I also was watching the stuff in the videos, you know, and, and hearing the, you know, have a sanctuary, you know, sit back, you know, right. I, I found myself on field edges for and not field edges right. can be great, but in, in, in some areas, they're not going to be great when the pressures, by the time they get there, it's going to be way too late. Yeah. And, uh, and I found myself doing that for years. I mean, just playing that game for probably 10 years, you know, and then I ran into a guy named, um, Ross Graveling and, um, he, he's the one who really pulled me out of that and said, no, 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 this is how we do it. And, um, and then he got me started in the right direction. It still took years after that though. You know, like I said, it's been over the last five years when I really broke getting scared of, of blowing things up a little bit and getting in there. And then all of a sudden it just opened up. You know, it's yeah. like a whole new world now. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I think there's so much for people to take away from that, too. Um, it's awesome that you had somebody, you know, to kind of help you get into that mindset in the beginning, mm-hmm. too. Because I think a lot of us, you know, if if you're not willing to change what you're doing, if it's not working out, then you're always going to be where you've always been, you know. Yep. Kind of one of my favorite quotes. If you always do what yeah, you've always it. done, you'll always be where you've always been. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, man. I think it's a, a solid, solid place to close this one out. Um, Matt, thank you so much for joining us, dude. I appreciate no, everything. You. Yeah. Hey man, I, I've really enjoyed this one. It was, a, it was a blast. Um, so do you have any, any idea for your release date? Or are you still working on it? You think maybe beginning of next year or something or what? Yeah. Yeah. I'm shooting for January. Um, has to happen in January actually. So I'm working pretty hard for it. Uh, because I, we actually, uh, I'm, I'm taking on a second business in February, so it's going to get real busy. So gotcha. I'm hoping mid January or towards the end of January that we'll start releasing our first one. Um, we'll be on, on Spotify at first and then we'll start branching off to everywhere else. Yep. Awesome. Awesome, man. Yeah. Well, y'all out there tune in for, uh, we'll be sure to share, uh, you know, the mobile hunter dojo coming out and, uh, go y'all go follow Matt's page. I think you've got your Instagram page started up right now, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yep. It's cool. uh cool. Yep. 
same name. So I'll make sure to tag you it. in it. All right. Yes, sir. Thanks. Well, thanks, brother. We'll uh, yeah, man, I'll keep in you. touch with you, man. Absolutely. I appreciate it. Thanks. Yes, sir. Well, y'all tune in next week. We've got another great one coming up. And uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks again for tuning in this week, guys. I really appreciate all of you out there. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors, Lone Wolf Custom Gear, Painted Arrow Outdoors, and Timberwolf Supply Company. If you guys are looking to, uh, you know, get a little bit of extra gear for the holidays or for uh, one of your buddies out there or some loved ones, check out Lone Wolf Custom Gear. They got tons of great products. If you want over at uh, Painted Arrow Outdoors, use the code WTA15 for 15% off. They've got some awesome stuff too. We're going to close today's segment out with a quote that I really like from C.T. Fletcher. I think it applies to a lot of you guys that might still be out there grinding and uh, hopefully uh, you're out there getting after it still. If you're trying your best and you fall short, is there victory in that? You're damn right there is. I really like that. I mean, honestly, I don't think we can do any more than what we can absolutely do and uh, do our best. And maybe this is a good one for you to check yourself. You know, are you really doing everything you can? Are you actually, you know, doing your best? It's good to check ourselves every once in a while. I know I fall short of it every once in a while. And, you know, we get into this grind and it just, you know, it's easy to get lazy. But, uh, you know, get out of your comfort zone. Get out there and, and do something different and um, just try. I know it's hard. It's It's been a mental grind for me this season, and um, I'm not giving up until the end of it. So hopefully you guys don't either. I hope that hits you this weekend or week whenever you're listening to this. We appreciate all of you and look forward to catching up with you all next week.